Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Ready to Mosh. I'm Kev P and next to me is the fire to my starter, it's Jam G. That's a random one. Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> I've got nothing to follow up that with. All right. So this week we are going to talk about the Mangart Festival that we went to over the weekend. Yes. It was a one-day event. It was supposed to be two initially, I think, but the venue got switched and so did the amount of days. Yeah, I think it was originally going to be the Friday, kind of late afternoon, evening and all day Saturday at the same location as last year, the old Coles store in Nottingham, but it got moved to just Saturday across the rescue rooms and also the Tap and Tumblr. So before we actually go into the review of the event, I just want to do a shout out to the organisers at Mangata Music because this was an absolutely awesome lineup that they put together. Some great bands on there, some we were familiar with and we've discovered some new bands as well. And also thanks to Mangata Music for our press passes for the event as well. So moving on to the stage setup, there was a stage at the Tap and Tumblr, which sadly we didn't get to see any of the bands on just because the clashes were kind of back to back through the day at the rescue rooms. And we did try to watch a couple of bands later on after Rescue Rooms closed, but we just couldn't make it in time. Yeah, there were some bands I was really looking forward to seeing at the time, including Cotton Mouth, a former recommendation of ours, Confide and Master Charger in particular would have liked to see. But like you say, it was just the clashes with the main kind of stages in Rescue Rooms. So. Yeah. So in the Rescue Rooms, there is the main stage as you go through the doors to the right-hand side. And they use the back stage as well, which is kind of upstairs behind the balcony of the main stage. Yep. And in terms of the set times, it was literally back to back between those two stages all day. So you didn't really get a break if you wanted to watch everyone. Yeah. So we we did miss a couple of bands, one because we had to meet somebody and another one because of uh, just getting some food at the venue. Yeah, but we'll mention those as we kind of go through the lineup. Yeah. yeah, it was a good little setup. There was also the main kind of bar area of rescue rooms with the, the comfy seats, as I call them. Yeah. <laughs> that was open, so you could go in there, and that's where they had the merch. And there was also a really nice food stall. Yeah, it was Malaysian street food, I think. Yeah, but we'll talk more about that when we get to feeding time, I guess. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't have the weather that we had at Mangata last year. It wasn't too bad, but there were a few a few showers during the day, weren't there, when we were outside? Yeah, but obviously it's an indoor venue, so you didn't, yeah, really, you didn't really miss it. it did, yeah. yeah, yeah. there was also a bar in the main uh, stage area, and there was also another one at the back where the smaller stage was. Yeah, so plenty of choice to get your drinks from. Right, we'll move on to the bands then. So it's pretty swift start because doors were at 12 and the first band was on at quarter past. So it's pretty much a case of dumping our stuff and running. To the yeah, stage. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they just started as we were putting our stuff down. Yeah. But we did have uh, a quicker access, which I don't think we realised at first mm. because we were in a backstage area. And if we'd have realised, we could have actually walked straight into the, pretty much into the main area of the main stage. Yeah, but we went around the outside to start with. All right, so first band up then were Lost to Light. Yeah, really good opener. Interesting kind of mix of styles, to be honest. Mm, I thought that as well, yeah. I thought there were some tracks that were almost kind of sounded a little bit like Linkin Park, to be honest. Yeah, I think one of the first ones they did. Yeah, I I think it was about the third song. Yeah. Yeah, and it it was kind of like Linkin Park almost meets sort of like a, a death metal kind of feeling to it. It was different, but it was a really good opener and kind of warmed everything up really nicely. It was interesting that they had the two vocalists as well, but they both 
sang either heavy together or kind of clean together. It wasn't alternating. Yeah. I thought that was quite an interesting take on it. Um, they also did a really cool instrumental piece as well towards the end of the set. Yeah, they did. And I, I'm just looking back at my notes. It was the third track that was really, that really stood out for me. Well, that, that was probably my favourite. And I think they've got one release so far called Narcissistic, but they're definitely worth checking out. I wouldn't mind watching them again. Yeah, definitely. They were one of the bands I remember listening to beforehand that I really enjoyed. So glad I got to see them live to start with. So they were on the main stage and then we went up to the Red Room stage, which was a smaller one upstairs. And we saw a tota so. Yeah. A very different change of tone. And as they said themselves, probably the, the softest band we saw all day in terms of sound. Yeah, they were. So they were kind of quite bass driven, but in quite a chilled sort of way. It was it was a very, very laid back compared to everything else that was at the festival that day. Yeah, quirky was a word I used to describe them. It reminded me a little bit like Weezer meets and you will know us by the trail of the dead. Yeah, I got some hints of Weezer coming through. Yeah. And they had some different guest vocalists on stage as well. That just kind of added a different... It just had a different layer things, to it, yeah. yeah. These were actually one of my favourite bands of the day. Really? That's yeah. Interesting. Considering everything else that came after it. Yeah. I do remember listening to them beforehand and saying to you, I think you'll really like these. Yeah, you did, yeah. yeah. It was just a really cool strip-back sound. and mm. I mean, it seemed to go down really well. Yeah. The only thing I would think, or the only thing I would say potentially was that they might have been better a bit later on in the day just to have almost like a, a break from, because the other stuff like a was, palate was quite heavy, the rest of the lineup really, in comparison. Very heavy, I yeah. guess. So almost like, like, yeah, like a mid kind of interval. <laughs> but no, they were a good start to the smaller stage, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so next up were Outer Gods, who were kind of like a black metal sort of grindcore band. And they, said they did seem to have quite a following. They are a local band from Nottingham. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought they got the crowd had really started to build up at that point and they really tried to get them going as well. Yeah. And the guitars were really hard, really fast. Mm. And the vocals were insane. Yeah. Really screeching vocals. Yeah, I noted that there's some really awesome vocals, some really tight guitar work and some really good riffs going through it all. And they did say all the songs they were playing from their debut album, which is out in September. Yeah, so we should probably give that a listen and a review. Yeah, I'll have to check out. the exact date for that one. But yeah, looking forward to listening to that. Yeah, next up we're Azazel, but we didn't get to see these guys because we had to go and meet somebody and we were getting drinks and we we just kind of missed that 30-minute slot that they were on. Yeah, so downside, I guess, to only having a half-hour set. It does actually go really quickly. By the time you've left one band and you've gone to maybe nip to the toilet, get a drink, yeah, before you, you know it, you're already halfway through and then that. You said you had to wait for your friends to turn on. Yeah, and that that was kind of like, that was one of the that's the only kind of issue with it. I mean, I do love the the setup for it, but that was a bit of a problem. So the next band that we did see were Hellfected. I was very much looking forward to these. I've been listening to them for a while because we recommended them. I can't yeah. remember if it was earlier this year or last year. I think it was last year. You know. Yeah, but yeah, they've been on my radar for quite some time. So they were awesome live. Did not disappoint. No, not at all. Um, heavy thrash band put on an absolutely amazing show. Thought they were really, really good. Yeah, there was an amazing rendition of Death of Iron to finish. It really got the crowd going. And yeah, they were just great all round performance from them. Yeah, again, these were another of my favourite bands of the day. Mm, really yeah. stood out. And it's I think the kind of performance they did on Saturday, you'll see them moving up bills a lot quicker now. Yeah, definitely. Because they were getting some decent support and they put on a hell of a show, so... They'll be uh, one to watch. 
and then following Hellfector we went back upstairs to the Red Rooms and another band playing some epic thrash were Thrasher Wolf. Yes. Again, this was another band that stood out. Yeah. I thought they were fantastic. Put some uh, really strong performances in. But there was lots of feedback at the start, which yeah, there obviously was a wasn't, little bit. You know, wasn't their fault, nothing they could do, but it didn't stop them performing at all. Yeah, these are another one like Hellfected, who we recommended, I think, around the same time, actually. So I was really looking forward to getting to see them live finally as well. There were some absolutely epic instrumental pieces going through. Lots of crowd interaction. They were literally within the crowd. It was almost like the stage was too small for them. Yeah, but it's interesting because I noticed that the crowd wasn't as busy as it had been at times. I thought it might have been busier for them. Yeah, I thought it would have been. But again, it might just be the whole with people being back to back. Maybe, and it's the kind of time when people are getting food and drinks, I suppose. So Mm. it does kind of cut into it a little bit. Yeah, it didn't seem to stop them. And yeah, it was just an assault on the eardrums, wasn't it? It was absolutely, absolutely yeah. crazy. <laughs> One of the things that did make me laugh is that the, the crowd themselves were very British and just very polite and stood nice back, nicely back to let you know to let the band play. Yeah, like, no, come forward, come yeah, forward. Yeah, that was a bit funny because the stage was very low in that room. It was only a tiny step up, wasn't it? Yeah, and a lot of bands were trying to get the the crowd to come further forward yeah i wasn't right out the front i was kind of, but i was kind of on the front row to the side yeah and i was doing that on purpose because i was filming quite a few bits of them but um apart from one guy in front of me who was really into it and right up the front yeah it was almost like a one-man mosh bit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just their movement through the crowd like i said it was just yeah it really worked didn't it yeah um they're another band that i think will after this billing will probably start to move further up yeah definitely Next up on the main stage were Draconian Rain, who we've actually seen before. Yeah, we saw them at Mangota last year, although we didn't quite catch the full set because unfortunately they fell when we had to check into the hotel. Yeah. But we've made up for it this year. From what I saw, they sounded really impressive again. I didn't manage to watch all of the set. And that's kind of like the biggest regret of the day, I think, for me, is because I didn't get to watch all of it. And But the bits that I did see, they absolutely stormed it. Yeah, definitely. They really owned that main stage. Again, lots of crowd support as a local band. Vocals are absolutely epic. They sounded on completely like another level up from last year. Yeah. Really tight guitar work going on and yeah. Can you see how they've developed over the course of the last 12 months? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah, I know we didn't see them fully last year. Yeah, and it really worked well on the indoor stage because they were outdoor last year. Yeah. As well, so that just added to the atmosphere and the vibe of it all. From the bits I saw, they did seem to um, be a lot tighter and you could see a definite improvement mm. in the last 12 months. Yeah, another band I'd definitely watch again. Next up, we have Sugar Horse back in the Red Rooms. Interestingly, I think it's their Instagram handle is Sugar Horse Are Awful. I have, <laughs> I have to disagree with that. They're not awful. Again, they were quite different, I felt. They're more kind of, kind of prog doom metal. Yeah, that's interesting because I thought they kind of sounded very distorted. I don't, mm. I don't know if the audio was working properly or it could have just been my earplugs yeah we were testing out our um loop loop earplugs yeah Yeah. but yeah they were like i say they were different to slower pace for me but also very heavy i felt like they got heavier as they went along okay i I just felt that some of the vocals seemed a little bit lost Mm. but i don't know if it was the plugs or not a friend of mine actually said they were one of his favorite bands of the day so but he wasn't wearing any plugs so i'm wondering if that's what it could have been Kind of like why it distorted it so much for me. It could have been. I don't think I noticed that. I just assumed that was kind of their sound anyway. Yeah. 
It, it just seemed the vocals seemed a little mm. bit lost at times, that's all. I did think that the the singer did have a really awesome range of vocals. Yeah. That really stood out for me. And the last track they played, because they announced they were doing the last track, and I thought, well, they've only been on like 10, 15 minutes, but they did say this song's as old as time or as long as time or something. It was nearly yeah. 20 minutes, wasn't it, their last track? Yeah, it, it was a hell of a long Yeah, it really kind of track. had a kind of a slow build and then got really heavy and then, yeah, it was interesting. Hmm. So next up were Tusker, but we didn't actually get to see these because we had a food break. Yeah, and we're hopefully going to see them at Bloodstock anyway. We are, yeah. That's the plan. So on site they got a Malaysian food place that did some really cool stuff. It was very nice. Yeah, it was. However, my only criticism was that there was only one vegetarian option, which I thought was a bit odd. They had about five different dishes, all with chicken, and then only one that came with tofu. Which was fine because the one I had, the noodles with tofu. But yeah, I just found it a little bit odd that that was the only option for vegetarian. Yeah, I mean, I had the chicken curry, so I don't know why that couldn't have been done as a vegetarian yeah. option. Or any of others, like there was loaded fries, but it was only the noodles that you got a veggie option with. But like yeah. I say, it was fine, it was nice, it just seemed a little bit restricted in terms of options. Fine for me. Yeah, you were. <laughs> and completely different, actually, to the one that we had a. Uprising, the Indian store there, they literally just did two options and they were both vegetarian. They were, yeah. Mm. It's kind of like one extreme to the other, isn't it? Yeah. So the name of the place that I'm going to really badly pronounce was Sayak La. We hope, we think. Something like that. Apologies if the pronunciation's wrong, but that's my best interpretation. And the food itself was, I thought it was incredible. It was really tasty, really warm. Yeah, they did it to order as well, so it was yeah, kind of everything fresh. Was you fresh, could see them there it? cooking yeah. it in front of you, depending which option you went for. So that was an added bonus. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed my curry. Yeah, and reasonably priced as well. It was about eight nine pounds, I think, a dish. But yeah, it's filling it yeah. as well. You got you got your money's worth. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, yeah. We we didn't need to eat the rest of the day, did we? No. I mean, to be fair, due to the positioning of the rescue rooms, you know, you could potentially nip into town for other food if you wanted to. Yeah, but that was absolutely fine. So. After food then, we were back into the Red Room for Harbinger. Yeah, who got everybody absolutely going. They were, I almost felt it was kind of like a reset after eating. Yeah, and I know they, what you mean. Yeah, and they just kicked everything off. It's like everything stepped up mm, a gear. Yeah. I felt like the crowd had really, really warmed up by that point as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think the beer, I think the booze kicked in by then. Yeah. And yeah, they were just a great mix of everything. They had some uh, really cool melodies punishing vocals in places as well mm. and it, it was just like a perfect combination really cool fast tight guitars i mean it, it went down an absolute storm and they were excellent yeah nothing else i can really add to that so next up then back on the main stage were red method yeah now these guys did have some sound issues to start with I don't know if you noticed. I didn't because I was in a different position to you. Yeah, I was basically at the barrier waiting to do my filming. And yeah, they kind of came on and they were kind of to and fro with the sound tech. And they were about five minutes late, I think, before they actually started. They kind of attempted to start and then something else didn't seem quite right. Yeah, I noticed there was a lot of stop starts, but we mm. could, from where I was, obviously you had a better understanding. But from where I was, it was kind of difficult to see what was happening. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure exactly, but it's like the rest of the band were there and testing things. And I don't know if it was the mic that wasn't out. There were a few issues anyway. Obviously, there are seven of them, so there's quite a few different setups needed. And then it almost felt a bit like they were cut short. They only seemed to do about four or five tracks. 
yeah, they, what I remember. Some of the tracks were quite long, but they didn't. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. They, they did seem to get cut short. Yeah. So maybe they needed to cut them short to fix whatever the issue was. It could have been. I'm not sure. But that aside, it, I thought it was a really great performance. One of those bands that I think they were at Bloodstock last year, and I think they've been on a download possibly last year, but for whatever reason, we've just never got around to seeing them. I've seen Red Method before. Have you? Yeah. Where have you seen them? I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> it might have been at Download, but I've definitely seen Red Method before. Yeah. And they, I mean, they were what I expected, really intense, exceptional performance from when they were able to do the mm. stuff. And it was, yeah, just full on what you'd expect from a med- Red Method performance. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny the Slipknot vibes coming through from them in terms of the sound. Overall, and obviously appearance to a point. Yeah, like kind of to a, not with the yeah, red. kind of to a point yeah. and, and a mask. But that's yeah. That aside, it's just who the band are. Yeah, but they sounded really good once they got those issues out of the way, and glad I've finally seen them. They did also get the crowd to was it them that got the crowd to sit down and jump up? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was them. Another nod to slip, not them. Pretty sure it was them. It's either <laughs> them or Raging Speed on. Wasn't Raging Speed no, on? It was Red Method then. Yeah, so yeah the, there was a big crowd for them. Everyone was really into it, and yeah, it really kind of it's almost like that was the the start of the evening side of things. If you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of exploding and kind of like power, kind of powerhouse sort of approach to it. Just mm. you know, it was just like a whirlwind, wasn't it? It just yeah. hit you straight away. Yeah, I was quite disappointed when they finished. Actually, I could have watched them for longer. Yeah, I, I could have watched them for longer. Next up, then in the red room was God Eater. Another dose of absolute heaviness. Yeah. And another band that almost seemed like they were too big for the stage. There was lots of crowd interaction going into the crowd. Yeah. These were my favourite band of the day. These yeah. absolutely blew me, absolutely blew me mm. away. They were amazing. And I know what you mean about the stage. They could have pro- and probably should have been on the main stage. Mm. They were just absolutely so fucking intense it was unbelievable yeah, they were intense actually i think the room was so small i think they'd be intense anyway but that just really added to it yeah just yeah the all-round performance musically and just the presence of them i think was really intense the the vocals were just absolutely amazing i've it's been a while you know like in that small environment mm. because it's such a small room it just felt kind of like a hundred times more powerful and louder mm. and yeah, it, this these were an absolute treat for me. Yeah, I think it was probably at this point I was very glad I got my earplugs in. Yeah, <laughs> just to, yeah, definitely think how needed loud them. Would, would that have been without them? Yeah, the um, just everything was just so powerful. The vocals, the drums, the guitars, mm. everything just was perfect. Yeah, they're definitely ones I'm going to look out for to see again. Yeah, my my last notes actually say really, really want to see these again. Mm. So I'm hoping that we can get a chance to watch them because they would. Yeah, they blew me away. That was so good. So next up, one of the, I suppose, one of the biggest bands of the day, Stroke Night, kind of staple choice of the late 90s, were Raging Speedhorn. Yes, a band we have seen before. Yeah, I've seen them a few times now. I thought this was actually one of the best performances I've seen. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the last one was their support support for Skindred, which if anyone was there for that one, yeah... It didn't go... There were issues. Yeah, it didn't go quite to plan. I think I might have seen them since at some point, but prior to that, I saw them about 2001 or two. Yeah. Obviously, they were very young and very new then. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really good performance overall for them. Again, there were a few sound issues littered through, but... Yeah, there were a couple of issues, and despite kind of 
Frank's best attempt to derail the performance yeah, in places. That, that's putting him politely. Yeah, they were still really good. I mean, I don't, I don't know how he can still kind of perform when you see some of the things that he does, because vocally he's one of the best best frontmen you'll hear for yeah. this type of music. It's an absolute contrast the way he was staggering, should we say, around stage, Swaying, clearly, yeah. <laughs> clearly merry. Oh, yeah, very merry, yeah. But in terms of his vocals and, you know, that was, as it should be, really strong performance. And he clearly can still remember all the lyrics and all of that. Yeah, and some of the stuff did kind of sort of detract away from the performance, you know, like mm. volleying a mic across the stage, uh, breaking a mic. Yeah, the mic broke, didn't it? So they had to kind of pause till they got two working mics again. Yeah, and um, then they did it with three working mics. yeah. He did swing it round very close to the crowd. It also went down his trousers at one point. I'm sure that was yeah. bad. But... Fell into the drums a couple of times, but didn't knock them over completely. I think that the quote of the evening was, are you ready, Nottingham? I don't know how many times he said that. There was some difference of opinions of the crowd, wasn't there? Yeah, Frank was, should we say, slightly against the crowd? <laughs> critical of the crowd. Slightly critical, yeah. I mean, there was nothing wrong with the crowd. Everyone was very much Everyone was very it, polite, very nice, along, yeah. yeah. Having a great was, time. Yeah, but we clearly weren't raucous enough for him. <laughs> Apparently not. Dan, on the other hand, was kind of like almost the uh, alter ego and yeah. kind of, you know, was kind of like the complete opposite in his kind of like approach and tone, shall we say, towards yeah. the crowd. But it was still a great performance by Raging Speed on, despite everything that went on, and... It was definitely action-packed and incident-packed. You wouldn't expect anything less, though, would but, you? <laughs> no, that's the thing. If, if, you've, if you've never been to a Speed Orn show before, you will wonder what the fuck is going on. Yeah. If you've seen Speed Orn before or you know Speed Orn and you're aware of what they've, you know, the things that have happened in the past, you will be absolutely fine with it and you will love it because they always put on a great performance. Yeah, we did get treated to new tracks as well, to exclusive. Yeah. So they opened up with a new track. And then there was another one later on in the set from the new album that's, I can't remember when they said it was coming out, or it's later this year. I think it's September. Yeah. I don't know why I've got September in my head. I'm sure it's September mm. it comes out. But yeah, they were sounding good as well for their first kind of like yeah, appearance. Yeah, kind of first airing as it were. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were really decent tracks. Yeah, and it's good to see that they are still making new music as well. They're not just touring out the old stuff. Yeah. And I did actually, as I was in the backstage area, picking our stuff up, I think it was... About an hour later, mm. almost an hour later after they'd finished, I did see Frank and the rest of the band walking through. And, yeah, Frank did look a little bit worse for wearing. <laughs> Dan and a few of the others man did look a little bit pissed off. Yeah. Although, to be fair, we saw him actually leaving the, the <laughs> yeah. venue, didn't we? We were just stood... I don't know if we were just having a quick break before... It was a break before things, the next brand. Something, next but, band yeah, watching, he looked... Yeah. Bless him, he was smiling and looked very happy with himself. He, oh, he looked very pleased with himself. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect... Um, kind of how it would pan out, but they were excellent. So the final band in the Red Room then were Mastiff, a band that we saw earlier this year supporting Avatar, and in their own words, a miserable band from a miserable city. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, they clearly had the biggest support in that room all night. Yeah, definitely. It They've was, got like a core fan base yeah, in there, haven't they? it was absolutely heaving. And you could kind of see why they've supported bands like Avatar. Yeah, it's kind of a different sound to Avatar, but it kind of worked well, didn't it, yeah. on that tour? But yeah, crowd really into them, as in, you know, singing along, not yeah. just watching and nodding. 
they're a weird mix of tracks, aren't they? Because some are really short and abrupt and some are kind of longer, but still tend to end abruptly. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah. But loads of crowd interaction from them again. And again, they did seem a bit too small for that stage. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like you've got to put on bands that you want to pull a decent crowd mm. in. When that's your only second stage, it does make it a little bit tight, should we Intense, say? Yeah. Although I think the room did kind of thin out a bit towards the end of their set, I noticed. Yeah, probably because people were trying to get a spot for Heart of a Coward. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah. Was it all made to have a quick break before them or, or whatever? But yeah, it was definitely tightly packed to start with because I came to join you on the balcony for the end of Raging Speedhorn, so we could just pop through the doors. Yeah. Because I didn't want to get kind of caught up with a mass kind of upstairs. The mass rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mass rush, yeah. But yeah, we managed to get a good spot, but it was definitely tightly squeezed in. Yeah. And it was a brutal onslaught of music. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. But so cool to listen to. And it, again, very much like God Eater in that environment, mm. just sounded so much more intense. When we saw them before, it was at Rock City, so obviously a much bigger space for them Yeah, to a, bit, a bigger space and kind mm. of obviously a smaller crowd at that point. I think having seen them before, it seemed less intense because we kind of knew what to expect, didn't we? Had I not seen them before, it would have been a full-on kind of assault, but I was kind of prepared for it. Yeah. I think it was, you know, kind of the, the amount of people in the room and just how mm. busy it was. It, you know, you nobody could move really. Yeah. It was so busy. And again, yeah, they were excellent, really strong performance. And you can see why they were kind of so high up on the bill. Yeah, absolutely. Right, on to the headline band then, which were Heart of a Coward. Yeah, another band that I've kind of been aware of for quite some time now. And I've been to festivals where they've been, but haven't watched them yet. Yeah, I thought you'd watched them before. I'm sure. Again, this is another band I know I've watched before. Now, I think they were at Bloodstock last year, but again, I think they were ones that were on early. Yeah. So didn't make it in time. Right. Okay. I think that was the same for Red Method as well. Yeah. And I, I know I've seen Heart of a Coward before, and I'm a big fan of Heart of a Coward. But one thing that kind of, I should have expected it, but looking at the poster, it said that they were on from eight till nine. Oh, yeah. They finished earlier, didn't they? Yeah. They finished like 10 minutes early. Yeah. And I, I know the reason why, because that will be the venue itself, because yeah. they have like a club night at nine o'clock. It's at 10 o'clock, isn't it? So, but they wanted to allow enough time to clear everybody out. Oh, sorry, 10 yeah. o'clock, yeah. So they need to clear everybody out and make sure everything's tidied up and away and all of that. But I don't know why they couldn't let them finish at nine. Surely an hour's long enough. Yeah, you'd assume if they were billed down on the Clash Finder eight till nine, you'd, I expected them to finish at nine. Yeah. And I think even then they were cut short because... I was down at the front getting some photos and video from the barrier and I'm sure they said we've got three tracks left and then I came up to the balcony to meet you and they said, oh, this is our last track. So I'm sure one got dropped yeah, in that kind of space thought. there. So whether they got wound up quicker, yeah, possibly. which again would be due to the venue rather than the actual f- the festival organisers. Yeah, it wasn't the, fe- the mm-hmm. organisers, it wasn't the band, it would definitely have been yeah. the venue, which was a real shame because... They are great to watch. Yeah, so I was just really getting into them at that point. And I thought, <laughs> they're going to finish already. Yeah, and I think the kind of like the the setup was just perfect for them. I did notice the balcony was actually quite thin. It felt like everybody mm. was down on the floor. It was busy on the floor, definitely. Yeah. But pr- probably the busiest it had been. Or like, so I was pretty much in the same spot for most bands from, I think, Hellfected onwards. Yeah. 
yeah, there's definitely a noticeable more presence around me. And they also had the first crowd, sur- well, the only crowd surfers of the evening. I think someone earlier might have had a couple, actually. Possibly I think Speedor did. Speedor might have had a couple. But one track, I can't remember which one it was, but there were a lot coming over and I was just right in the way of where the barrier exit was. Yeah. So, yeah, I gave up filming at that point. Yeah, there was, there was at least half a dozen people just started flying over all mm. in quick succession. And noticeably, they did have more security they did, yeah. At the front, so they must have been prepped for it. Yeah, they had a lot more security, but I also noticed they had some huge circle pits going on. Yeah. But they were pretty crazy. Yeah, it was hard to notice where I was because they were kind of in my peripheral vision. Yeah, I, kind I, of, I could I see it see. from the balcony and it yeah. looked like a full-on war. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really, mm. really brutal. But yeah, just going back to the actual performance of the band, it was just really strong throughout... Really great vocals. Yeah, very deserving headline. Now, I, originally, I thought they might have subbed Speedhorn. Yeah, it's a weird one because obviously Speedhorn have been around the longest out of all the bands, I would say, on that. Yeah. By some, the most established band by some way. Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting that they weren't headlining, but I can kind of see why it worked that way. Yeah, I can, I can see why it worked that way too. And I suppose it also depends on where the bands wanted to be. So Speedhorn might not necessarily yeah. want it to have headlined yeah. it. They also had kind of an awesome light situation going on, loads of strobing. It kind of looked good from a distance, but it's not good for photos and it's video not footage. I, I will admit, from the you know, like from the balcony, you know, because mm. I could see it all blasting across yeah. the crowd. It looked fucking incredible. I'm sure it would when it's right in your face. Even filming photography aside, it was quite intense in your eyes yeah. <laughs> at times. But it, it fitted with the performance. I can see why they have that going on. Yeah. It really suits kind of it just adds the to style it, of music. It, it just yeah. adds to the old ambiance. Yeah. And very deserving headliner, like we said before. And you can see why they were there. Would have been nice to have get to get that final 10 minutes, I'm going to say. It. Mm, yeah. Uh, another band that played a new track as well from an upcoming album that's out in a few months. So I feel like we've got some... Yeah, so kind of like quite real, a few real highlights, new tracks yeah. throughout the day from people, a few exclusives, so that was good. But I remember a lot of bands did that last year as well. Did they? I can't remember. Yeah, there were a few bands yeah. played some new tracks last year. But I suppose they are the perfect place to kind of air these things because, mm. you know, you want to be doing it on bows and testing it before you're doing it on your own tours. Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway, Heart of a Coward, do you need to check for any upcoming tours they've got or any mm. support slots that they're doing? I do really want to watch them again, but yeah. It was overall for me, you know, an amazing kind of day festival. And like we said at the start, an absolutely awesome lineup back to back with bands that we could have easily not missed a band if it wasn't necessary. If we didn't have to yeah. eat, <laughs> if we didn't have to eat or drink. Yeah. So, yeah, highly recommend next year's Mangata Festival. They've said that information is coming out soon on the socials of 2024. So keep an eye on those. So I suppose what we should do now is kind of like compare both. This year and last year, we've done both festivals and they're very different and they've both got great kind of strong points and some are better than others. Yeah, in terms of the locations and the fact that the one was over two days last year and this year's was just one day. Yeah, I do admit I do like a longer festival, but it did work kind of in one day. However, stage-wise... Actually, location-wise, mm. rescue rooms was in a much better position. But you also had the problem of the tap and tumbler, which had the other bands that you couldn't just kind of slip away to. 
Yeah, I think that's my thoughts exactly. I really enjoyed it last year at the old coal store with having the outside area, which felt more festival-like. The other bonus of that as well is there was more seating. So if you wanted to go and have a sit down, but you could still see a band from a distance, you could. Yeah. So that was a definite bonus. Lack of seating in rescue rooms was definitely a downside in terms of, you know, just having a break between bands and stuff. Yeah. Or being able to see bands while seated. I know there's a bit of seat to put on loads. And then having the little, the actual old cold store indoor bit as well for your second band. I think bands did overlap more last year between main stage there was, and second stage. There's a lot stage. of overlapping, yeah. But then having like the, the little third stage in the corner, I think we said at the time that was a bit lost, but it just gave a bit of outside entertainment Yeah. in contrast to the inside one. So I think in terms of having more space and feeling a little bit more festival-like, kind of the Vat and Fiddlestroke old cold store venue won for that. But at the same time... It did work so well because the weather was so lovely and it yeah. wouldn't have been so good this year because even though... This it year it would have been terrible, wouldn't it? And it was very windy. Yeah. Which I found out when the food sign blew in my face. Yes. Forgot about I'd that. forgot about that. But yeah, that would not have worked as well, obviously. And Yeah, I don't think the sound would have been great. In no, with the amount of wind that, that would have been on Saturday, the audio would have just been totally lost. The performances wouldn't necessarily have sounded as well as they did mm. in a properly enclosed environment that's just designed for music. So yeah, definitely the the downside of the rescuing is obviously a very central venue. But yeah, having the third stage in the tap and tumble, although it's not a massive walk to get there, it's still leaving the venue and you've got to allow time to get there and get back. And you'd probably only be seeing half a set if you got there and then you'd miss someone coming back too. But on the plus side, it gave people a those choice. bands to see for free as well. Yeah, And it went on because, like we mentioned, the venue curfew was nine o'clock at rescue rooms. And it did carry on later then into the tap and tumbler as an after party. Yeah. But if you want to go to bed early, that's obviously a plus side when the kind of the main, main event finishes at nine o'clock. At nine o'clock, yeah, if you're that way inclined. One of the other things that I was talking to somebody about the lineup, and they were saying that they felt that last year's lineup was stronger. That's interesting, but I guess it was bigger because there were more bands. You know, looking back as well, mm. I guess it was in a way because of like the two day split. Yeah. So potentially. I th- I think the way I kind of see it is that last year, as you said, it was kind of like over two days, so there were probably more bands, but the quality of the bands were, I think, uh, obviously they were at a high level, mm. but it was kind of like quite evenly split, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas this, obviously, as you get further down the bill to kind of like, you know, sort of like from Red Method, Goddy to Speedhorn, you know, Heart of a Coward. Mm. The, these are all bands that perhaps command more of a fee. That is true, yeah. So maybe a kind of like more emphasis has been on kind of like packing those last few slots mm. out. And then maybe they've kind of, not that they've cut back the quality, but they've cut back the amount that they'd have to spend on other bands. That's so that last year's could was probably more balanced, I think. Not necessarily, for me, not necessarily a stronger lineup, but a more balanced lineup. Whereas this one, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, the second band that I saw, one of my favourite bands of the day. So the quality is there, but I feel like it's they've potentially focused more on what the big hitters at the end. Yeah. And next year it'll be interesting to see where it's held. Yeah. I mean, the last two years it had the same date, literally the same weekend. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, what, firstly, whether they keep with those dates as well, because I think it's kind of a good date to have because it's, not too close to any other festivals, at least not locally. Yeah, you know and it's I mean? kind of like in the middle of big ones. Yeah, it's kind of almost a halfway point between Download and Bloodstock. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, venue-wise, I don't know, because obviously I think it was a licensing issue that they couldn't go back to last year's venue. And potentially so, also a noise Well, it issue. could be related to that. Could be related to yeah. that, yeah. But the downside of rescue rooms, that whole setup is, it's lacking in accessibility. The, yeah, there is lack so of accessibility. That is, it's definitely a less accessible venue overall. So I don't know which way it'll go. Wait Maybe, well, the other thing as well is, what if it actually got bigger? Or if it goes to Rock City? Yeah, exactly. Well, it... would could it be that they have Rock City and Beta? Possibly. I mean, I think the, if they had the whole building, that would work well. The main stage in Rock City, have your third stage in Beta, and then have rescue rooms. Yeah, really that could work. spread it out. Yeah, that could definitely work. Mm. And then it'd be interesting to see where the. I guess um, it's just going to depend on costings and who they can get. And because obviously Rock City itself is 2,000 capacity as opposed to Rescue Rooms 400. So you've got to have bands on that are going to fill out that capacity to make it worthwhile. Yeah. But the, I think what they'd end up doing is actually shutting the top of the uh, venue off at Rock City. So you'd probably just have the bottom half like we did yeah. for Ugly Kid Joe, was it? Yeah, and Ministry. Yeah, and for Ministry. You never know, by the time this goes out, uh, we might even We might know. even know, yeah. So I think that's pretty much covered everything about the day. I think so. So, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening to our thoughts on it. There is a vlog that will either be out already or be coming out soon. So we've actually got some footage of all the bands that we saw if you want to go and put some visuals to our words. And don't forget to check out our socials if you're not following us on there already because there'll be some pictures and maybe a few shorter videos on there and all of that. So that is Ready to Moshcast on Instagram and Twitter and Threads. Is that still a thing already? It's gone quiet. I think it's still a thing. It's still going. And Facebook, YouTube and TikTok at Ready to Mosh. So go check us out on there if you're not already. Give us a follow, like and share. And also please give us a like and a share and a review on your podcast platform. A five star rating would be very much appreciated. And we'll be back next time with the next episode. Make it stop, Moog.